Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the 43rd voice of your local announcer. Wait, I don't have that right. This is the 40th 40th, uh, uh, first edition. What am I talking about? First edition voice. Okay. Of the food show. And uh, it's one of our special programs. Uh, And with us here is uh Eileen. No, Allie. Allie. Lofton. I do you know I knew before it would come out of my mouth that it would be wrong. That's okay. It's just it's having it it requires us that little spint, that little spurt. But anyway, well, you now know, we the are. the good news is, is What is it? I know how to say my own name. You so do? that's okay. Oh. Well, say it for us since you're <laughs> the only one here who uh, would make such a choice. <laughs> Hey everybody! Good afternoon on this dreary, nasty day. Oh, isn't it awful? And it was one of those days where everybody is telling everybody else what they need to do and get on it right now. Well, I don't think you can get anywhere in this city too quick um, in weather like this. And you know, I know we're not. I know that this isn't a weather show, but it really does change up the whole city. Because Mm -hmm. can I tell you? That I left my house today in yeah. Old Metairie mm-hmm. at 1.45, and I take airline to get here because I don't like to go on the stretch of 10 that bends around the area over there. And the direction that I took, they shut off the exit mm. to 10 because a semi-truck had, I guess, taken another route and torn off the entire top of his semi-truck. Ooh. I wouldn't want to have been, have been there then. And thank goodness that I did leave my house at 145 because I had to completely detour to take mm-hmm. a rest. That's literally how this type of weather can change what yeah. is 10 minutes to get here for me, typically. Yeah. Well, between me an and Marianne and uh, uh, sons and daughters and all of these people, we, we've, been, we've had a, I say we, it's me, and that's it, just a one-man kind of guy. And here we are today, and uh, and with me is Allie Lofton, Allie, the oyster lady. Allie, Allie, yep, the oyster lady. That's right. And uh, this is, uh, you know, I'm an oyster lover, as I think I've put that. I think as, we should yeah. talk about oysters today. You for think a so? Little bit. I do. You know, I was uh, heading into the store a couple of days ago, and I noticed that they had uh, oysters, raw oysters. Uh, they weren't cooked in any way, mm-hmm. and but uh, that's what makes them raw. Yeah, that's make <laughs> exactly good. Good one. I'm glad you set me back to the uh, righteous uh, truth there. Uh, where was I? What was I talking? We're talking about raw oysters. Raw oysters. Uh, uh, oysters in general. That's my favorite food, and I don't know what my outer limit would be, but it's. I think it's pretty high, and it's very enjoyable to me. And the reason I brought this up is for the goodness of goodness, I don't know. Because I'm here. You're, that's it. And I, that's exactly <laughs> it. And uh, what uh, we're doing here is we talk about food, we talk about restaurants and cooking and wine, 
And uh, tell me uh, if you're interested. Uh, if you're not interested, you know, tell has me something else. Eating, has anybody gone out and eaten a good bit of oysters lady, lately? And where have you gotten them? Because I'm going to tell you where I had hmm. some of the best it, it, Before I forget it again, I've just realized what it was that had me uh, talking to you about this. Oh, yes. If I can remember it long Let's enough that it. I can. Yeah, I think I might have missed it already. But the, uh, <laughs> no, I'll tell you what it is. Uh, it it has to do with oysters and the fact that this time of year is actually among the best times of, for oysters in yes. terms of har- harvesting them. And uh, we, we have gone through uh, a couple of rough uh, a years. Of months. Yeah, months and more than that, the way I've read it. But um, oysters never stop being out there. They just keep coming in in a strange way. But you've got this program that uh, converts uh, the the uh, oyster dishes that have come your way in a way that might make them more alluring. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll tell you guys about that um, for a couple of minutes just All to right. refresh your memory, and then I'll tell you where I had some great oysters. Oh, I'd love to know. Okay, so um, y'all, hi, remember Allie Lofton, the oyster lady. I own Lofton Oysters, which is the ceramic oyster shell cookware company, um, just to kind of bring you up to speed. And we had a great season this year for our business. Um, You know, we do really well in the fourth quarter, but we make the ceramic oyster shells that are functional cookware, which means you buy the already shucked kind that Tom is talking about at the grocery store or seafood market. And you scoop them out, and you can put them in our shells because they can stand up to direct flame. Mm -hmm. So not only can they go in the broiler, Tom, but Uh they can go directly on the grill Yep. and take the heat conduction of Mm -hmm. um, expanding and contracting, which is what happens when heat interacts with real oyster shells. And if I could give an illustration of this, one would be if you've ever gone to Drago's. Yes. And you've had their char-grilled oysters. Uh, the effect you get from that, from the shell, from the butter, from the garlic, from the herbs that are in there, all of that kind of comes together. And sometimes it gets a little edgy. And it's all unless you've failed utterly, you want it to stay. You know, I wouldn't say stiff or really clunky. It, it it ought to be kind of soft. Yes, not overcooked. But if you blast it with a lot of heat. You can get that effect without completely ruining the rest of the oyster. Right. True or false? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it um, is not a difficult, but it is a delicate balance when cooking mm. when you when like cooking to see oysters. A, would you like to see a definite balance? A definite balance. Are you going to show us how to balance? So when you do this. Do you have a photograph of this maybe? I perhaps? don't, but I will take a picture of you later. Is you... Put them directly on the grill, or you can put the uh, in put them in the oven under the broiler, mm-hmm. and they can stand up to the direct flame. And when you're done, you just put them in the dishwasher and run them through your cycle. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely a convenience product. Um, they are made to well. It gets the job done. Yeah, it gets that the job I can done. tell you. Um, and it's this is our seventh year in business. Our lucky number seven. Mm-hmm. 
And I am so grateful. And, and you know, remember yesterday when I was asking? I, I'm sure I did, but um, I, for, I've forgotten I it since then. asking you and John Luke about uh, how to create a successful business that lasts so long. Mm -hmm. And the remark he made specifically was quality and to not cut corners. Oh, no. Don't ever cut corners. Two great Edges you can cut, but right. not, yeah. Two great points. And to just continue to do great work. And I feel like even though seven years is not 40 years, back no. to your point about nomenu.com running and the newsletter running for 40 years. 40 years. I your can newsletter hardly believe that. running for 40 years, which I've got lots of questions about that after we finish talking about oysters, um, is that you've obviously put out a quality product for that mm -hmm. long of time that people just enjoy. And I feel like we have succeeded for seven years for that same reason, because we continue to put out a quality mm -hmm. product. That sure makes a difference, and that sure has made the difference yesterday. Jean-Luc Alban was here, one of the great American and let's call him French. That's, he, he what, is how, French. He is very but he's French. he's been here a long time He's been here America. a long time ago, and he's, he actually stood up and said, you know, I am a French chef. And there's no doubt about that. But his specialty is, uh, is pastry style. Every, just about everything except bread. He doesn't do bread. Used right. to, but doesn't anymore. Anyway, he was over here yesterday, and he inspired, I think, everybody who was listening to what he had on his mind, because... The product he put out wow. was, was so spectacular. I mean, people were, they, they could hardly keep their standing up. Right. Uh, anyway, all right, I'm he, sorry. So he did a spectacular job, and he made yeah. some great points. So I'm just very grateful to have been in business successfully for seven years, and we had a great season. And this is our season. Yep. This is the season for our product and the mm -hmm. season for oysters. So I had... Three dozen raw oysters at Pascal's Manali mm -hmm. on Christmas Eve. I've heard worse morning. ideas. <laughs> and in fact, that's the best idea I've heard today. And you know, things have been a little touch and go for oysters for the last couple of months because they opened the spillway and it really disrupted a lot really of the did. beds. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do to to um, when you're having that much rain in the city. Well, I can tell you, the ones that I had were absolutely delicious. They're great. I mean, uh, yesterday, was this yesterday or the day before? I think it was yesterday. I got together with the the, uh, the two ladies that run Jalou. I, I always get the name of this place goofed up. It's J-U-O-N-N-E. Juan, Juan. I always get it wrong. Okay. Anyway, they have a restaurant over here on Gerard Street. And um, went over there yesterday and uh, with Marianne, and we were talking about this and that, and uh, we we noticed that the the newsletter has been around forty years already. That's how the, it's I, been I around think. a long time. So, yeah. can I tell you more about my oysters at at Pascal's? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they were ice cold, salty, which is the reason why they're so good this time of year because they're soaking up all of the good salt in the waters. And they were absolutely delicious. I got a chance to meet Carmen for the first time. And one of the things that 
I thought about that impressed me so much, and I wanted to ask you because of the number of restaurants that you have been in for so long, is what I loved about Pascal's is when you walk in, it's not like you're immediately met with some like small space, like a waiting area before you go into the restaurant. When mm -hmm. you walk in, you have the oyster bar to your right for people who just want oysters. Mm -hmm. Then you then you have um, the big like cocktail bar to your left. And then you have a nice seated waiting area, which they had a beautiful Christmas tree in that space. And the kids were running around and they were super nice. Um, not my kids. Um, they're crazy. Um, but I guess what <laughs> your, a, a five and three. Crazy? Yes, my kids are crazy. The five and three year old are crazy. So they're looking at the Christmas tree and all of the ornaments and ornaments and Carmen's right there. And we're having a conversation and we're getting champagne at the um, cocktail bar. And I just absolutely loved to be able to walk right into a restaurant space and there actually be space to move or to sit down because in a lot of the restaurants uh -huh. that you go to lately you've got this teeny tiny little hostess space that you're expected to like all kind of fit in and it, it's not really inviting so one of the questions i wanted to ask you is if you could think of and i had a list of them and because pascal's um came up is if you had to say what was one of your favorite dining setups like actual physical mm -hmm. restaurant <clears throat> spaces in the city. Is this a uh, question to be answered for all time or is it uh, just from, you know, like in recent, rec right? recent coming? Okay, I'm going to open it up to all time because mm -hmm. a lot of the restaurants that I'm thinking of have been here well over 20 years. So I feel like if you have one on the top of your head that you think of, because um, I have a few that I can talk about that um, really have impressed me, is dining spaces, just the actual physical restaurant and the setup mm -hmm. that you really think is ideal, that's your favorite space. And I'll give you another example. So I explained to you Pascal's and how you walk in, they have the oyster bar to the right, and they have um, the cocktail bar to the left, and then they have an actual seating area um, where the Christmas tree is right now. And it just allows for a lot of movement, and you can see the activity going on in the restaurant. And I really felt like that makes for a very inviting space. Here's another one. Mm -hmm. Pelican Club. I love the Pelican Club. Okay. You walk in, in. In fact, I'm going there tonight. Oh, are you really? Yeah, uh -huh. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I love I, I, I always love did that think restaurant. so. Me too. Okay. So you walk in, and, and they have the bar, the cocktail bar, right in front of you. Mm -hmm. But then they already have um, tables that you can um, eat at in, in the cocktail bar space. So you can... So you can sit down and actually have dinner there, or you can walk up to the cocktail bar, which has ample seating and ample space to stand around, and you can see the liveliness of the restaurant. You can see into the dining space behind the hostess stand and really get a feel for how much energy and excitement is going on in the restaurant. So I absolutely love mm -hmm. Pelican Club for that. Oh, are we ready for our first thing? It looks like. But uh, hang on to what you're talking about, and we will return with more of the food show in a moment. But first, please, this. It's the food show, all right. It sure is. 
And it's nice to be here with you, walking and talking around food and wine and restaurants, cooking and, you know, a whole range of it. Ollie is here. You, the last time I couldn't remember. Allie. Yeah, Allie. Oh, I, I still got it wrong. It's huh? okay. Allie. I think we have Norman Allie? on the phone, though. And Norman is here. And he's been so great to be on hold. Norman, thank you so much for holding through the break. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, too. Hey, Uncle Tom. How you doing, sir? Well, you know, I'm just drifting along at my usual pace. Okay, I went on an expedition looking for uh, a rump roast, for, for two rump roasts, actually, the wife wants to cook, mm-hmm. and went to Walmart, Walmart, to uh, Winn-Dixie, and to Sam's, and there's no consistency to the name. Uh, I asked the guy at Sam's, I asked the butcher, I said, I'm looking for a rump roast. He said, well, that's, that's a uh, top round. Can you clarify what? Uh, well, there are there so is? many. There are so many different cuts of, of beef that you know you have to uh, understand what it is you're looking at when you have the, the meat on the table there, and tell whether it's has it has a lot of marbling in it. That's where you see these little streaks of of uh, fat in there. That's right. a good thing, or whether it's just like jammed with fat, which it might be too much for you. You know, as, as, uh, no, Norman, I do think that they they use names for cuts of meat a little interchangeably. But do you really? Yeah, right. Yes, there there are they use names for different cuts of meat interchangeably, unless you're talking about a very specific one. And I have so I buy all my meats for consistency and quality at Dornex. Oh, so before. Go ahead. That's where I end up going to, Allie. That's where I end up going to Dornex and get it, get two of them. If you're looking but for I the, am. if you're looking for the, the absolute uh, nomenclature here, the rump roast is off on the bottom or outside round cut of the sirloin. Yeah. Okay. Area. Okay. That's exactly where the, this rump roast is. So if uh, if you have any of those words in there, you're in the right direction. Thank you, Doug. Terrific. I appreciate that. They uh. It's all for kind of y'all. The difference, but but a prime rib and choice—that's pretty standard. Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the uh, there's a you know, on the meat itself. It'll have uh, whether it's ch- uh, prime. It's not going to be prime. Whether it's choice or uh, any of the other uh, possibilities, uh, just uh, use your your uh, feeling about it. And get a good look at it, and you'll you'll. It's pretty obvious. You know, you know what? One of my favorite things to do, Norman, is I like to talk specifically to the butchers there. Yes, and that's a great idea. And are it's incredibly friendly, and I find. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I have no endorsements here. I'm just telling you, I have bought my meat around town at a lot of various different butchers and just grocery stores, and I feel like the most helpful and apt to be helpful are the ones at Dorgex. And I feel like they've really helped educate me on a variety of cuts of meats and different preparations when I'm talking about experimenting, you know, um, with a new style of cooking a different cut of meat. But I love talking to them. They're super helpful. 
They're very informed. And I always feel like I walk out there, walk out of there confident in my decision. And I feel like the quality of their meats is always consistent. And I have not found that, in my opinion, anywhere else but Restaurant Depot, which you can't get meat yeah, at you unless can, yeah, you can. have, uh, you know, a, an account there. Yeah. So, Terrific. Good people. Thank you very much. I appreciate everything. I'm going to get ready to get on the road. I don't want to be talking on the phone. Okay. Thank you, thank you so well, thank much, you. Norman. Happy New Year. See ya. It's the Food Show. This is Tom Fitzmorris. We haven't uh, talked uh, about beef a whole lot in recent times. For some reason, I don't really understand. No big deal. But it is something that, we, that you have to talk about if you're going to do any uh, beef eating. And, uh, or you may as well do it because you'll, you'll get... Oh. Ron, the gourmet waiter, is here. I hear you're going to be uh, sitting in for me soon. I'll be co-hosting the show with you on Monday. I believe you'll be at this the coming, Coldwater Ranch. And I'll this be, coming I'll be Monday? Out of the studio. Oh. Yes, sir. Hmm. Well, Ron, that, how are you? I'm well. I'm Love to fantastic. hear from you. Happy New Year. You as well. Great show, as always. Love to hear you both on the radio. Thank you so much. I was going to second uh, what, I, what you were talking about a few minutes ago. I love Dornyaks. And as somebody that's been in the food industry for a long time and someone who cooks almost every meal, I can say that I think it's best to get to know your butcher. Yes. And I'll go, I'll go to a grocery store, and I'll, I'll, I'll just pick somebody out that looks like they know what they're doing and that they've been there a while. And I'll, I'll get to know them. I'll even tip them if they accept tips. And that way they kind of get to know me. And then when I ask them a question, I get an honest answer from them. I don't have time to understand all of these cuts. I know a lot of them. Right. I know prime. I know select. I know choice. But the, the, the cow is just a big animal. So um, I just get to know my butcher. I think that's the simple solution. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, there you go. That does about nail it down. Join Next to me is one of the best grocery stores I've ever been it's in. It's true. It always has been. One of them. It it's the place where you you most feel like you can walk into the store and within the next five minutes you could be eating something at home. Definitely, the, the other one. It's um, built the reason that why way. I like Dornyak so much is just that they have a cashier and a bagger on every station. Dornyak wants to get you in and out, even on holidays when it's super busy. Uh, I fly in and out of Dornyak's, and I suppose that that's the same way as Aquista pays on the North Shore. Hmm. Yep, and and some of those other family chains. Yeah, I agree. In fact, one of the things, I guess I go back to the helpfulness. I just feel like they have so many people, their available staff, to be helpful to you, which makes me feel like I'm making good making good choices because I've, you know, I've asked, I've, I've talked with, um, you know, whether it's the butcher or somebody else in bakery um, or over there with yeah. cheese and wines, is they have ample staff that are there to be helpful to you so you feel like you can make good choices. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Now, Allie, I've got a question for you about your business. Yes. Okay. When are you going to come out with the combo pack? And what I mean by the combo pack <laughs> the is... The combo pack. Is, when, is that a dance? Is when, I'll be, be doing the Fodnock pass. Here's the combo pack. The yeah. combo pack is... A handful of your oyster shells yes. and a cookbook packed into one. Okay, here's what I've got for you. I have just come out with a recipe guide for that goes with our shells. 
Um, one of the most interesting things that has, you know, when you own your own business is how many ideas people throw at you to like develop and concept and come out with. And the amount of time it takes to just develop something new is far more than you would ever imagine. Now, maybe if I was some sort of brilliant inventor um, around the world, people that come out with stuff all the time, uh, maybe I could ex- you know, bring something from idea to execution in a matter of months because I think there are people out there that do that. Um, sure. But so for us, number one reason why we do 12 shells instead of a handful like six is that a minimum yes. amount of oysters that you get is a pint and they have between 16 and 18 oysters in them. So we felt like it was it, it was a good match to go with a dozen, just like you order a dozen at the restaurant, right? Most yeah, people I like the order idea a of dozen. a dozen. A handful to me could be a dozen because I'm, I'm like you. When I sit down and I eat oysters, I'm not just eating one dozen. Right. Oh, sure. I'm going to hang up Why and not? listen. I'm going to hang up and listen and make, make room for another caller. Okay. Great show as always. Love hearing from you both. Thanks, Ron. I look forward to hearing from you next week. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. You think we should keep talking to him or make him twist in the wind? Well, well, he's he's going to listen. I know he's busy. He's probably getting ready to go into work. Um, uh-huh. but I'm kidding. We have a. Uh, it took us just to sort of answer this question on the idea concept to development. It took us two years to develop our ceramic oyster shells. I can believe it because just engineering it is uh, two probably years. And one of the biggest um, things that took us the longest amount of time is finding the right clay body. Clay body? Clay body. The actual clay oh, I see. Uh-huh. that you use to make our ceramic shells out because mm-hmm. it's called a flameware. Flameware. And a flameware almost is intuitively exactly what it says in its name is that it can stand up to flame, mm. to direct flame. And so we bought a couple of different um, flameware clay bodies from manufacturers around the country, and we ended up going with the particular one that we've used now for seven years because we felt like it stood up to the rigorous testing, product testing that we had put it through. So just that one idea took us two years I'm to develop. I'm sure it did. Yeah, that's that's not easy. None of that is. So so I hope that answers your question, Ron. Um, and thank you, and thank you for calling. But um, Tom, I wanted to go back to this, and maybe you had thought of another mm-hmm. restaurant. But I've got a couple of more that come to mind when I was talking about favorite dining setups. Dining setups, like when you walk into the physical restaurant, mm-hmm. and what you see and where you're standing first seems really inviting to you. So when you walk into some of these tinier restaurants, right, you're you're met almost immediately in a in a tiny one with a hostess mm-hmm. stand. Yeah. Right? You like walk one in. hopes so. I mean, uh, but Mar- you're talking about Ma- three feet. Mater D's have disappeared largely. It's uh, something that's not completely gone, but it's getting there. Right. So you so you walk in maybe three to five feet and immediately there's a hostess stand. So there's not really much distance between the front door that you walk into and the hostess stand. Mm-hmm. And there might be, you know, five chairs in that tiny little space that you're standing in with the hostess stand while you're waiting to be seated for dinner. Now, I know not 
every restaurant can be a large scale, ample space restaurant. But what I have found recently, and I want to know if anybody out there is listening, what's your favorite dining setup as I'm mm. describing this? So I said Pascal's Manali, right? Because you mm. walk in to the right to the oyster bar. To the left, you can get a drink, and then they have a waiting space right there. Well, and uh, sometimes you have to spend quite a lot of time in that space. Right, depending uh, on how busy they are. How busy they are. Uh, and it's actually, I think, some of the charm of the restaurant is that you go there, the place is packed, and you wonder, what's uh, the deal here? Uh, I don't have time for this or whatever. But you just... Wait it out, and then you find you're talking to a bunch of people that are friends of yours who just happen to be there at that time. Right. Oh, I right, think, I, I think it's break o time. Uh, take over for me for a couple of minutes, will I you? I sure will. Okay. Uh, we want to see how good you are. Oh, good. Okay. Don Fulce. I mean, uh, Don, where'd that come from? Uh, John Fulce. John Fulce, and then uh, his partner in the business, uh, who is uh, from Chicago, uh, originally, and I'm just drawing a blank on his, on uh, John Fulce's name in this. This is a major, beautiful, super gorgeous restaurant with a really interesting menu and great service of the old style. And it's right in the French Quarter, right next door to the Royal Sinesta. So somebody, somebody please tell me the name of that restaurant. Uh, okay, this is what we're talking about, y'all. Uh, we're back. It's the Food Show, 105.3 FM is. HD2. Sitting here with Tom Fitzmorris, Mr. Food, and Allie Lofton, the Oyster Lady. And yeah. we were having a conversation about favorite dining setups. So not necessarily the food right at this moment, mm -hmm. but the space, the physical space that you actually walk into. Ah, we just got the answer. See Doug. this? See this? Thank These you, are the listeners who... Uh, who this talk is, to us all the time. No, that's Doug the Oracle, all-knowing, <laughs> all-seeing That's eye. about right, yep. Okay, so the other one I mentioned What's after the name Pascal's of it again? <laughs> Restaurant Revolution. Revolution, yeah. Um, I mentioned the Pelican Club. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, because you walk in while there's, you know, you know, while there's tables and everything set up, you have a nice large bar with ample seating yep. to grab a drink and wait for your reservation. Yeah. And the um, actual hostess stand is set back probably 15 feet from the front door. That's so right, there's yeah. lots of space to move around, grab a drink, mingle with the other people that are waiting, right? And just chat while you're getting ready to get mm -hmm. seated. This is what I like most. I, I, I To me, the ultimate visit to a restaurant, and uh, I've been putting this word out, I, I'm, I want everybody to think about how you feel about dining out, and uh, you know why? Why don't you do it more often? But anyway, okay. Uh, but uh, what you were you were saying something? Dining there I, spaces. So you like yeah. restaurant revolutions? Are like you walk in, and this, and you like the space setup? Yeah, and what I like about it is that all of the food is is well separated. The music is on the low side, but mm -hmm. it's there, mm -hmm. and it's nice, and mm -hmm. it's good. And uh, it, well, I like the bar. The bar is beautiful. I, the the bar is gorgeous. Beautiful. It's a nice large space that you can sit at with lots mm -hmm. of seating. Um, and the hostess stand again is set back, so I feel like there's a theme developing here. Uh, is that I don't necessarily like to walk right into a restaurant, and and the first thing I almost physically run into mm -hmm. is a hostess stand. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to step inside of the restaurant and then be greeted 
and then be greeted by somebody. And I like being able to grab a drink at the bar and then, you know, wait for my table. So another one Mm -hmm. that came to mind, which I think is just such a statement one, is Dominica. Dominica uh, with the pizza and everything? Yes. Okay. But but it's elevated, right? Like you have the space that you walk up the stairs and there's the bar and you can Mm -hmm. eat at the bar. But then you can look down. And here's one of my other favorite things about dining. It's packed all the time. to people watch. People watch. I'm a people watcher. There are a lot of people who are well worth watching. Yes. And uh, vice versa, too. So I like sitting up at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, in that bar space in Dominica, and I like looking down, you know, to uh-huh. see everybody. I right. like the different elevation levels. I was just starting to get into that matter when I let myself uh, go off some other direction. But uh, the, what I like more in a restaurant than anything else other than the food, which is a no-brainer, mm-hmm. is uh, I want to walk into a restaurant and find out that uh, they have lots of good specials and they have you know this and that, and it has um, the 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 interesting most uh, I don't know how to put this in words exactly. Uh, when you go there, it's a uh, they the people there whether they are the customers or whether they're the waiters or or cooks or anything, they are interesting to your to you. Like so, the, the wait staff. The wait staff. And, mm-hmm. and when you go in, they, they take you aside, more or less. I mean, mm-hmm. not aggressively. But uh, they uh, make you feel really happy you're there. Very and, welcome. And you want to carry on the conversation with them even more than they started it themselves. Yes. You know, that brings me to one of my points. And I think, I think that's a good point that you make that I can elaborate on, um, is that... Going to a restaurant mm-hmm. is almost a, an invitation on their behalf, right? To come yep. into their yeah. home, yes. these chefs, right? Mm-hmm. To almost come into their house mm-hmm. so that they can host you and cook for you and take care of you. Yep. That is one of the, the pinnacles of the dining experience is that you feel welcome to come into somebody else's home, if you will, but the mm-hmm. restaurant is an extension of their home and who they are, so that they can feed you and take care of you. I totally agree with you. I, I put it in different words, but not dramatically so. Uh, I think uh, that when uh, restaurants, uh, when you walk into a restaurant and they clearly are friendly and that make you want to come back there again. Yes. And again and again and again. And uh, I never get tired of that. And when I find it, God bless them. And when you don't, you don't right. go anymore. Right. So here's another space, a physical space that I that I um, really enjoy, yeah. um, which is different than their neighboring space, which I like. So Galatoire's 33. 33 the on 30- a scale of... A hundred? No. Okay. Just Galatoire's 33. Uh, 33. So you have Galatoire's. Galatoire's. Right. Which you walk in and they have a small space, a little probably six by six space that you walk into with the Mm -hmm. Mater D right there. And you'll either be taken upstairs, right? The stairs are right there. You'll be taken upstairs to the dining space. Mm -hmm. Or there's the dining room right to your right. So you got to kind of like wait and mingle right there in in a tight little space. But if you go right next door... Mm-hmm. Right next door to Galatoire Street, uh-huh. 
you walk, you know, there's the double doors, but you walk right in and you can see the entire restaurant. Are you talking about the, the th- 33 yes, restaurant? Yes, 33. Mm-hmm. So you can see the entire restaurant. You can see the bar right there to your right and all of the tables and booths set up down the middle. And I love open restaurants. Like, yeah. I love to see all the liveliness, the activity. I mentioned the point about people watching, right? I like the openness and sitting there and being able to people watch. And I feel like Galatoire's 33 really, you know, makes well, that possible. That's Oh, it makes it possible. But I, I, I got to say uh, that is not something that moves me particularly because— An open real, space restaurant? Open space is okay. I can take it or leave it. Okay. But in this case, it's something that I get—you know, Marianne, my wife, is always— poking me in the side or some other places to to get me to admit that I'm nuts when I say that uh, everywhere I go, it's too loud for me. But just about every place I go to is too loud to me. Uh, Galatoire's, I, li- I like the way it looks. I, like, I know all the waiters, so no problem there. The menu is nice. Uh, their steaks are delicious, which is what they started it on. But... Um, I, it's it's loud in there. Well, I feel like Gal- loud. Come to think of it, the main room is also one of the loudest places right. I've ever been. I don't know. I just don't think it has to be so so uh, uh, loud. Is the only <laughs> I keep coming back to that. Uh, and uh, very few restaurants. Oh well, this is a, this is a lost cause. So I'm that's just gonna... okay. No, I see your point. I, I music and the just the level of noise in general. Um, makes it a little more difficult to have conversations. Mm-hmm. So unless you're really willing to talk loud and link, lean into each other to have a conversation, it, it definitely plays into your selection of restaurants. So I had one more that I wanted to mention about the physical space yeah. that I really liked, and that's Jack Rose. Jack Rose? You like Jack Rose? I really liked the space um, because they have the bar and seating area um, I guess when you walk in, that's to your right. And then they have the dining spaces um, to your left. One, mm-hmm. You have one, and then you go into another deeper level, and you have the second one. And I, I just, I guess my point is, is that I really mm-hmm. love to people watch. Yeah, yeah. And um, I like the open restaurant spaces. And I don't really think that smaller spaces, like broken up rooms, make a difference in noise, in noise level. Um, when when you're talking about there being ten tables per per room, I think when you have ten tables per room, um, it ends up being just a loud space in general because you have that many people in a space talking and creating a level of noise that is hard to overcome. So if anybody out there, call us two six zero six three six eight. If you have another restaurant. Um, that I haven't mentioned on here that's your favorite actual physical space. It feels space. good to be there. Is it, it feels good to be there. Well, I you just... like the space set up. You okay. like how the space is set up. Okay. Um, you know, that allows you to enjoy different aspects of the restaurant. Then call us, 260-6368. But um, one of the other questions that I asked you about yesterday, Tom, was, and I, um, we didn't get to, was what elements... Like, if you had to take a particular element from each restaurant, mm-hmm. service, mm-hmm. food, ambiance. Boy, that it would take a few hours. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, if anyone but comes to the top of idea. your head, yeah. um, uh-huh. you know, that you, that you like um, and 
these are the places that I have been eating lately or have eaten at lately that made me think of this. I had a great waiter at Jack Rose about a month ago. Mm -hmm. He was on top of his game, came over regularly enough to feel like I was taken care of. Um, you know, refill my water, ask how things were, but he wasn't coming back every three minutes to no, like you don't want that. interrupt my conversation. And he was so genuine. Jared is his name, by the way, over over in Jack Rose. Um, he was so genuine and I and you made this comment probably five minutes ago, is they make you feel like they really want you there. Mm-hmm. They make you feel like you're a part of the family that they want you in the restaurant that they want to take care of you and make sure you have a good time so jack rose is on my list if i had to pick an element for service at a restaurant jack rose would be service jack rose i it 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 pumped me pumped me uh with a good feeling at first and i what i i was looking for and what i found was because it was in the the spot that used to be the Caribbean room of the mm-hmm. hotel, uh, and I w- I'm of an age where we we went there pretty often to mm-hmm. that restaurant. It was where you would run into friends and business partners and you know things like that, and it was uh, it was a great place. And then the restaurants kind of fell apart, and they you know came and went, open and closed for several years, uh, and then somebody in the management pulled it all together and put it back together again. And the the thing that happened that it called Jack Rose, it, they kept the name at first, but they let it go after that, is that it didn't remind me even a little bit of the old place. Now, Oh, it's definitely not. There, the, Most of the people who would go there would probably not even be aware of this of some of the older food that they had over there but i thought their food was great in their in their greatest times mm-hmm. and uh, now every time i go i look at it, i said this is you know the everything i used to come here for is somewhere else but not here right well i actually so i have a story about that oh, let's let's hear it right about that hotel and that restaurant is um my husband's company used to management yeah manage the mm-hmm. hotel yeah Oh, Uh, yeah? Yeah. And I actually had my son, my first son, Kale, um, I had his gender reveal there when it was the old hotel. I mean, it's the Pontchartrain still. But Mm -hmm. when it was the old Pontchartrain with the mahogany wood and the light color. It was beautiful in an old-fashioned kind of way. It was beautiful in an old-fashioned way. Yep. And I, I really thought just the light color palette was really inviting and gorgeous. And what happened is that the owners of it um, were not looking to put money into the infrastructure, the infrastructure of the hotel. Yeah, to you redo can't just it. you can't say, let's build a hotel tomorrow. You know, you can't. Right. <laughs> you and can't do that. And because of how old the hotel was, it was going to require a lot of money. And they were not interested in investing the money to redo the infrastructure. Yeah, well, what do you do about that? And so yeah. I think what happened is you had two young players in the industry come along and say, this is the spin we want to put on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I had to describe it in one word, I would say it's, well, two words, modern and sexy. Modern and sexy. Modern and sexy. And and this is at... Uh, this is Jack Rose. Jack Rose. Yeah. 
So I would describe it as modern and sexy. I thought the food that we had there was fantastic. Well, uh, in its heyday, yes. Um, and, well, and, this is this is recently okay. for for me well, personally. Enjoy. <laughs> and the service, Jared, that we had over there, uh-huh. he was wonderful. So that's why I mentioned the service from that place. If I had to say food, my mm-hmm. favorite element. Um, if I had to pick one place for food, it had been where GW Finns, where I went for New Year's Eve. You know, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's hard to beat. And they don't even have to really get into the food too much to do it because right. their menu and their kitchen are so good. So good. That uh, they can just let it happen. And, he and it cranks happens. out some of the most consistently excellent seafood yep. in this city. All the time. My yeah. my only critique for me going back to the, the dining setups and spaces is that when you walk in, right, you have their small waiting area and you have the bar mm-hmm. to the left and the rest of the dining area, is that they have the tall lattice. Yeah. Right? The, the whole place is is a peculiar design. It's not okay, bad. It's not that's a good un- way to describe it, yes. So they have the tall lattice that kind of... Um, I would say obstructs your view. And for me personally, because I like open restaurant spaces, I love to be able to walk into the restaurant and see everything that's going on. Yeah, and it gives you that feeling, too, uh, maybe to too great a, a degree, sometimes I wonder, because they are the, the design of the place and the way they operate is a much more modern style than anything else I can think of, right? So you right think up. more of the traditional style was to have compartmentalized rooms for dining? It would help, but this was this is as you know wide open. Uh, yeah, no, is, they have a big open space except mm-hmm. for the lattice yeah. that's right yeah. there around the hostess stand. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're nice people, and whenever I go there, I'm always approached as a server. Uh, I'm always approached by somebody. It's somebody different every time. Who comes at me like they've known me all their life, and they haven't, and they, they nobody gave them a clue, and I didn't give them a clue as to yep. who that jerk very, is. Yeah, very, very friendly. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, uh, that's uh, that's where it always uh, seems to, to wind up. So theirs was food. Yep. So service for me was Jack Rose. If I had to pick an element from uh-huh. each of the restaurants I've been to lately, it would have been service at Jack Rose, food at GW Finn's. Um, just absolutely outstanding. And then ambiance, um, which is a just fancy word right, for this is uh, I don't I don't want to run out of uh, time here for this hour. Okay. But the that's so on that's why I'm burst I'm, Okay, thank you, Doug. I'm bursting into uh, your uh, your next uh, question, which was uh, or one I was about to ask myself. Um what were we talking about there? I'm sorry. No, it's, it's okay. It's, um, we were talking about the, the elements. Cold. Pick an element yeah. from each yeah. of the restaurants that you've dined right. at la- yeah. lately that, you know, you really felt like is the pinnacle of that restaurant. So my last mm-hmm. one was going to be ambiance, and it was Dominica. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. Well, but I think Doug's going to let us know. So. I think he is going to let us know. But what I was going to uh, add here is uh, that... The here this this is it's a, a bad day for me to keep up things. Um, the uh, you're talking about was, food. We were talking or about a food. space. We were talking about the uh, uh, spaces and and everything else. But there was uh, 
I'm sorry, I've, I've lost the string. That's okay. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I I'll keep talking about my ambiance with Dominica. So, I love Dominica because when you walk in, I feel like it's just glistening. It's golds and blacks, and it's a little dark. Like I think it's a little bit of a dark restaurant. Um, and I think that's okay for the evening time, mm-hmm. but. It felt very sexy, and I do like sexy restaurants. I think we've uh, found the problem, at least of talking about this with me, because you just touched on a topic about which I know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll be back. And we will come back with more of the food show after first we check in with the news, I think, here on 105.3 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.